Welcome to the Diary of a Change Manager, the podcast that makes change management easy. It's a special episode today. We sat down and interviewed the founders of the Inform team, Samantha Kinstry and Emma Henry, to hear about their story, how they met, how the Inform team came to be, and the trials and tribulations that come with success. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with your history. How do you know each other? So often people ask um, where we know each other from, and the truth is is um, that we've known you've known me all my whole life, hasn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe you're being bored. Yeah. <laughs> my mum used to watch you when you were getting bathed in the in the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such a long time ago, but yeah, that's that's the truth. So. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, truth is we grew up on neighbouring streets. So my mum and when, you know my mum and your mum were were besties back in the day. Um, spent a lot of time in the local pubs and clubs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, still do. Um, yeah, from time to Yeah, and it's all grown from there, hasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I remember knowing Emma from when she was really, really young. I don't really know whether it was a baby, but really, really young. And it's it's like. You've always been in my life, yeah, in some way, shape, or form. And your brother—I remember your brother being born. Um, I remember our mums and our dads being really close friends. And yeah. I've got some fantastic photographs of us when we were really little. And well, when I was really little, you're quite a lot younger than yeah. me, aren't you? But um, yeah, it's um, goes back a long way, and I think it's really deep. Yeah, our friendship. It is. It's I remember going up to explain it. Sorry, I remember going up to your house when I was probably about eight years old, and you were living in Pimlico. God, it was the highlight of my weekend to go up and sit at your dressing table that you had and all your makeup. Oh God, do you remember that? <laughs> with the red, with the red heart, <laughs> the red heart wallpaper. Yes, I do remember. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, Amelia would kill for that dressing table. Yeah, now, I'm sure I'm there. <laughs> but Bobby certainly would. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's it like managing the personal and professional relationship between you both? I think it's, Sam and my relationship is just, it's really easy, isn't it? We've often, um, people say that, you know, what what when you disagree? And we actually don't disagree often, do we? we no. We've got very similar outlooks. We work together to come to the right solution we always we tend to always agree on the things um we've never had a crossword um so it's a it's an easy relationship for both of us I think isn't it we're both quite laid back yeah I think we are actually I think that um that respect we've got for each other as well yeah because we are different aren't we We oh yeah that everyone talks about the yin and yang yeah you know, Sam and Emma, and it is absolutely true. Mm. We come at everything almost from the opposite perspective. Yeah. That's how we can come together in the middle somehow and yeah. come up with an answer that is, yeah, turns out inevitably to be the right answer. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, you talk about the yin, yin and yang. Um, w- between us in the early days when Inform started, we've pretty much done kind of every, we've represented every kind of functional department that you would have in a business, haven't we? You were always more on the commercial salesy side. I was always, you know, they had to wrangle finance off me with with a crowbar in the end. Um, But yeah, finance, HR, all the back office stuff, operations is what I love doing. So 
between us that that's why the yin and yang works isn't it yeah no 100 percent. and you know and i think the thing that really sets it apart emma and this is this is something that it's called yenna did I? Right yeah. then? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Normally that means you're in trouble. <laughs> but no, what I was, what I was going to try and say is um, the trust that we've got between us, mm. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It just is absolute. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's because we go back so far and, yeah, you know, we've worked together. I, I, I'm not sure you actually ever worked anywhere else other than, with you, the various organisations that, you know, yeah. we've been part of together. So, yeah, it's absolute, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely is. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to touch upon a past experience you share. 2E2, the company you both formerly worked at, went into administration. How did that traumatic experience impact you at the time? So I'm casting my mind back 10 years. It was the end of January. Mm-hmm. 26th of January. Oh, you remember exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, actually. I think it, it was a couple of days later, but it was the day after my birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Um, and we got news that 2E2 was going into administration. Um, we were all asked to go into the office the following day. And me uh, and you and my whole team at that time, I think there was maybe 15 of us or something similar, along with about 100 other people, were just told to go home and basically not come back. Mm. Our laptops were taken, our phones were taken, our numbers even. That was a hard one, wasn't it, when they took our telephone numbers? Um, And I remember going to the pub around the corner with everyone and we all cried we all got a little bit drunk, but we said to everyone, right, we need you now to go home, dust yourself off, get up in the morning and come to the XL because there was an event going on. Do you remember? That's right, yeah. There was an event going on and we knew everyone, didn't we? Come yeah. on. We knew everyone in the industry. And so we walked around that event. It took us hours to walk around and introduce people to prospective employers And then I think about a week later, I was due to be um, hosting an award. Uh, I was sponsoring an event. Didn't think it was very appropriate to stand up and actually give out the award. So Ed did that for me. Um, But we kept the table, if you remember rightly. And all of a sudden, obviously, we couldn't invite any customers, but we invited the team. Yeah. And by the end of that week, you and I got everyone a job except us. We were the only two that didn't have a job. And then it was really, what What do you do with that? Where do we go from here? And we sat down and had a think about it. I, I remember going off to Cornwall for a few days, disappearing because my phone was ringing off the hook and, you know, came back and we said, right, come on, let's make a go of it. Let's take what we've got and take it out to the market and see where it goes. Yeah. And then we got that phone call from... Mott McDonald, do you remember? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, where are you? Where are you going? What are you doing? Are we want to work with you? And then a month later, or something similar to that, it was our first customer. Yeah, that turned into a three-year managed service. And let's be honest, the rest is history, right? Mm, yeah, and that project was a global link rollout, wasn't it? It was seeing thousands of employees. Yes. Many odd countries or something, so yeah, yeah, not, uh, just a little one to cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just a small one. 
And I think within, what, three months, it it turned into that managed service and all of a sudden now we had employees. Yeah, we did. You know, we chupid people over and one of whom is still with us. That's Joad. Joanne, yeah. Yeah. She's, she is she's, our, she's our oldest employee. In the nicest. In the nicest. Way. Yes, <laughs> way. It's not that was me, obviously, but uh, yeah. 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 So, no, those, those were very, very traumatic times and... You know, I remember thinking that that day was the worst day of my life. I remember holding it all together in front of everyone and getting in the car. Pat came and collected me and just crying. Yeah. And crying. Well, the shame and crying. It was, it was that, awful. It was awful. But the shame of it was is that we really enjoyed working there, didn't we? Yeah. It was a, like yeah. hundreds of brilliant, amazing people. We did some of our best work at 2E2, mm. um, you know, some of the projects that we were involved in, you know, I still love the, the team that we worked with back yeah. there, yeah. back then, um, still love them to bits now. And, it, and I look back so fondly on those times. Yeah. They were, the, you know, the greatest, apart from posting form, obviously, but some yeah. of the best days of our lives, weren't yeah. they? Those, yeah. Those they were the great teams on, yeah. And I was I was thinking about it earlier. Um, do you remember we used to send those emails out to everyone every week? Yes. The, I've still got them in my inbox. 10 o'clock? No. What was it? The 945. 9.45 club. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, to all of our former colleagues, you know, that we just had contacts on, on LinkedIn and we used to send them an email every week, just encouraging them, helping them to find a job. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that was the much wider group, not our immediate team. But, you know, that paid off so much when you think about all yeah. of the um, introductions, the contacts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just generally sort of supporting us through the beginning, Yeah, you know, a few, few years really of our business. Definitely, yeah. And then there was the, you know, all the practical stuff that we had to worry about when there was just you and I. Yeah. We had to create a website for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know about website? Yeah. How do you get yeah. an email address? Yeah. You know, all of that. Yeah. There was just us, wasn't there? That we, yeah. You know, how, how, I don't know how we managed to do it, but we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was pulling on people that we knew. Well, absolutely. And I, I, again, I think those favours over the years that we'd done, mm-hmm. introducing people into, in, uh, into 2E2, you know, having those little fireside chats with people all the time when someone asks us, oh, go on, have a chat with this person because, you know, they're interested in getting into IT or something like that. Those favours were all repaid yeah, in yeah. spades yeah. when that happened. Yeah, they were. You know, we, yeah. we, so many people supported us. Mm-hmm. And we're still friends with so many of them now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I remember sitting um, standing at Tottenham House uh, station one day we'd been here working from your kitchen table as normal mm. um, and I was standing at Tottenham Tottenham Hale station and opposite me was a big billboard and I think it was it was um, HSB Bank HSBC and it says something about there's nothing like the um, satisfaction of raising your first invoice and that day I'd raised the first invoice and I was like oh my god feels it was yeah lovely. yeah really but though it's those poignant moments isn't it that you look back on and think bloody hell that was you know how did we do it yeah do you remember we used to say we were a 20 24 hour oh, operation <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i would be up at 4 a.m yeah freezing cold at the kitchen table yeah, yeah. pretty cold down here then yeah um, i'd do the other you'd be the night you'd be late of uh, the night owl yeah exactly oh i still can't, I, do, I, later. I can't do that now no way post a <laughs> two, two children later no way am i doing that yeah um yeah but yeah all those little things that you remember and then in the early days when you know when we were pretty much hand to mouth um, oh God, with, yeah. with, with, in terms of cash flow 
Um, and so if we got a late payment, you know, that was really tricky. We couldn't couldn't pay ourselves potentially. So um, couldn't pay the mortgage. It was really hard, wasn't it? Those really early days before they were for the big project. Yeah, they were very, very, very difficult times. And, you know, I, I remember when the um, Mott McDonald contract was coming to an end, there was another really sticky yeah. moment, wasn't there? Yeah. But we hadn't been paid on time. What do we do? Do we hold on to our people? Um, but yeah, that was that was just before our first big central government contract kicked in. Yeah, and we had enough faith, didn't we? Yeah, to just hang on for those extra few days. And fortunately, we made the right decision at that point. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and do you know what? I think um, I think our instincts are really good. Yeah, we come at it from opposite perspectives, but our instincts are good, and yeah. we I think pretty much always make those good choices. Yeah. Agree. What were your personal circumstances at the time Tui2 went into administration? So when was it? So it was 2013. I had a puppy was what? A two-year-old daughter. Two to three. And George was yeah, not even an apple in our no. eye at that no. point. So yeah, I had a two-year-old daughter. Um, we were living, um, Sean and I were living uh, together in Hertfordshire with Poppy in a tiny little bedroom, you know, it was one of those new builds where you have two bedrooms and a box room. Um, we knew we wanted another child, so we really wanted to move out. So um, that came at the wrong time, you know, yeah. we wanted another child and um, we needed to be able to pay our mortgage. So that was our, our situation at the time. Has I broken my leg before? In oh, four. No, that was two e two. That was two e two. Yeah, that was two e two. Yeah. God, I'll never forget that. You <laughs> fell over your cats. I was going to say I had three cats and who ended up breaking my leg, but uh, that whole different story. Yeah, whole different story. <laughs> that goes way back. Yeah. Um, so my circumstances. So um, my son was already at secondary school, and Amelia was about to go to her secondary school. It was really tough because. I had we had nothing. Pat and I had nothing to pay the mortgage with. I, I had two children in private schools, so you know the 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 pressure to um, to earn was really really significant. But you know what? They were really interesting times. And one of the things that I look back on and it makes me laugh out loud I, because I wasn't working, I was able to go to Amelia to her new school for the, for the interview. And of course, because I'd always been you know, pretty busy prior to that. I hadn't really read the email that they'd sent. So I turned up in really casual clothes and a pair of boots that I still have. They're those Ugg Ugg boots, but they were purple glitter. I remember those. Do you remember those? I've still got them. I love it. But I turned up to this quite fancy pants school with my purple glittery Uggs. And um, the deputy head came out and said, oh, come on, Amelia. And then he looked at me and he sort of looked down his nose and said, and you're next. And I nearly died because I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I've turned up dressed like this to meet to meet him. Anyway, we went in and um, had a lovely chat. He was such a nice guy. And as we were walking out, he said to me, he said, whenever I, I as you can imagine, I meet lots and lots of parents and lots and lots of girls. He said, and I'm forever going to remember you as purple sparkly boots oh god <laughs> <laughs> the thing shot yeah me. i know i know and do you know what it, it really made me smile it made me laugh at a really really tricky time um 
Yeah, and that would have never happened, actually. Mm. Um, had we still been at Tui Tu, I would never have had the time to go and do that interview. So, mm. yeah, there's always a silver lining, isn't yeah. there? What's really jumping out to me is that throughout difficult times, you've put others before yourselves. Why do you do that? I, I, I think I get that from my dad, actually. Um, my dad's always been one of those people, very generous, was always generous from when... He was a he was young foreman and everyone around me, he would give them all a job. Some of them turned out to be quite good at their job and quite a few other people weren't so good at their job and they wouldn't last very long. But he always gave everyone a chance. And, you know, I think I get that really from him, you know, that putting people first. I, I don't know. It's I don't think it was even a conscious thought, to be honest. We just did it, didn't we? Yeah. And I guess on a practical level, Sam and I... We we had a big network of people, yeah. didn't we? So yeah, yeah. Pretty. Yeah. I don't think it was a conscious decision, but no. in the back of our mind, we would have been thinking probably we'd be all right. We'd be knowing lots of people. Yeah. Um, and then and then we just sort of thought, didn't we? Well, why don't we do it for ourselves? Yeah. Why go and take another role in one of those big soulless companies? Why don't we just do our own thing? Yeah. The, bit ago. And the thing is, we knew that there was a market for what we had been doing. We Back in the day, we called it employee adoption, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we practically invented the term, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't a thing, was yeah, it, until then? Yeah. Yeah, so we knew that, um, you know, 2E2 had a multi-million pound business with, with us doing just that. Um, so we kind of took that and made it mm. our own and grew it. And we had all of the... It was our area of expertise. We knew what we were doing. We yeah. were learning a new craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we came. Yeah, all that background helped us make mm. the right decision. Yeah, to start in. Absolutely. Yeah. What was it that sparked an interest in founding your own company? I guess that when we were at Two E Two, Sam ran the employee adoption um, component of the of the organisation, but. But we were always pretty autonomous, weren't we? So oh, yeah. the thought of, gosh, the thought of just going into a, an office, working nine till five, and you know, doing that whole that whole thing just almost terrified us, didn't it? We yeah. didn't want to do that. No, it, it was ten years ago, so you know, we take we all take remote working, working from home. You know, it's just de facto now, isn't it? But it wasn't de facto ten years ago. No. But, um, but that's what we, you know, we had children we had young children so we needed it to work for our personal lives as well as um you know as well as what we wanted to achieve professionally so all of those things thrown into the mix how yeah. us yeah and again I, I, i'm not sure it was even conscious was it really yeah yeah I, and again that's when i come back to i think our instincts are good mm. you know we chose we chose some paths that we that we sort of walked down mm. Um, just because we felt it was the right thing to do. Was it reassuring having one another's support, both professionally and personally? It's stability, isn't it? it yeah. And, and, and recognition that we are very different and we do have complementary skills and yet we've always been each other's constant, yeah. you know, haven't we? Yeah. So I guess... Professionally, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That, that helped. Um, we always say, don't we, I don't know how anybody can start a business on their own and just... Yeah. You know, as as that one person, you're responsible for everything. You're responsible for sales, for marketing, finance, for HR, and they're such different. They need such different skill sets. So yeah, we we've always said that we're we've always been grateful to have each other. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. You know, it's just made me think about 
when um, we first started working together, way back when you were in my school holidays. Yeah, yeah. you were in your school holidays, weren't you? And you used to come and work with us. And then you worked in your summer and then you went to uni. Yeah. And halfway through your second year, was it? Or you've just started my second year. Yeah. You came to me and said, Sam, I'm not enjoying it. I really, you know, I really need a job. Mm. I really want to come and work with you full time now. I'm 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 done with uni. Mm. It's just they're a bunch of kids. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. I'm much more grown up. <laughs> the challenge was is that I was living like this kind of Jekyll and Hyde life. I had I didn't go away to university, so I was living yeah, in London. Yeah, um, my friends were all living in halls, um, so I used to go to uni like twice a week. But then the other half of my life was, you know, working in an office, going out around the pub, which we did most nights. We did um, every night. Oof, every night. And I look back having fun with my work friends and I mm. decided I like that that bit better yeah <laughs> but I remember saying to you I'm only going to say yes if you can clear it with your mum because you're going to kill me <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I remember it's funny those funny memories mm. how they kick in yeah yeah and I've got you know back from those days I've got god it was when so you'd started a training business hadn't you yeah in Penigen, it was called back then. You yeah. started the training business. And yeah. I still got at home the certificates that we crafted. Have you? On certificate paper. It was 1995, one of them. I can see the date. Yeah. Um, yeah, way back. Do you know what I've got somewhere? I'll, I'll dig them out at some point. But all my business cards from when I first started work, I should get them out and find them somewhere, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another one for the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Bigger toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite big. <laughs> it is, but you've got too much. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I keep things like that. I kept our old, um, our old informed business card. That was our first one. Yeah. Don't have business cards anymore. No, do we? We don't need them. Yeah. Building your business, I imagine you've had to make difficult decisions. So what prepares you to make the right decision? And is it quite nice being able to soundboard off each other? Yeah, 100%. It's, it makes it easier having each other to soundboard, um, as you say, off each other. But I think, you know, uh, uh, we we could tell you, oh, you know, you need to go on these HR courses, you need to go on that, you need to learn about law and employment and stuff like that. But actually, I think the grounding of um, the decisions that we have to make is just trying to be dis- decent people, mm. um, you know, and... and you know, treat others as you would be treated unto yourself or whatever that fancy phrase is. But, um, you know, just be decent people. And what I think what's interesting about us is we are absolutely are a people first business. And, you know, I hear people, we were, we were interviewing someone last week and they said, well, but is it is it real? Do they really mean it? For us, it just comes naturally, doesn't it? It isn't forced at all. Mm. You know, we that is just that's our default position, isn't it? It's to do the right thing by our people, and I think that I would never have known it way back then. But it's a huge strength that we have, huge strength, because if we do the right thing for our people, then they do the right thing for our customers, don't they? And you know, that's that is how the business has grown up. And it's again, I, I don't think we intended, but it's become our culture now. Yeah. Um. And I think I think that, along with focus, are probably the two things that, or 
there's probably more, isn't there, if you really start thinking about it. But I think we're very, very good at when we have to absolutely focus in on what is important yeah. and coming together, you know, two of us coming together and really thinking about everything from all the different perspectives because I know what it's like when I go on holiday. Mm. You you dread it, don't you? Because I come back full of ideas and, oh, we should be doing this, that and the other. And, you know, that focus is great. But, you know, having you as that sounding board, that someone that says, yeah, but Sam, what about this? And, you know, have you thought about how we, we're going to, how it's going to impact the other thing? You know, because we come at things from those different perspectives, yeah, it just really massively helps. Yeah, we don't go off down rabbit holes. I can see you put a lot of trust in people, and you put people first. How has that shaped the Inform team? We don't have many people leave us, do we? No, and we don't have many customers leave us either. And I really think that that is absolutely testament to our people and you know you could argue maybe that that is testament to the trust that we put in them and I I genuinely think that that's true you know we have we have many customers that move on to uh, new roles in new organizations and they tend to take us with them you know we've never really um, until probably two years ago we, we didn't have any sales and marketing you know, and Natasha and the team joined us then. And prior to that, everything had been done just completely organically, word of mouth. You know, people pick up the phone. We still get people pick up the phone from our two e two days now. Happened just last week, didn't it? And someone called you from NTT. It's yeah, and I I think that 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 trust that we put in our people allows them to, you know, turn up at work as their best self as well. Yeah. You know, we really do enjoy working with our people. It's yeah, and I think that our whole um, our whole working model, our whole business model, is based on trusting our team. You know, we don't if you know if Fred wants to go and go to the dentist and take an hour off of work, we don't care. We don't need him yeah. to book time off for that. He needs yeah. to pick up, put a wash on, or pick up the kids, or whatever. Our whole working model is geared up for. Um, for for trusting our people to do the right thing. Mm. Yeah, no, flexible working is just a given for us, isn't it? And I think that's because, let's be honest, we're both women, we've both had children and we know how tough that can be. Yeah, yeah. Go on, we look back at, you know, I was talking to David, actually, our finance person, and I was trying to get to a meeting for um, nine o'clock the other day around the corner here in Vauxhall, and I couldn't manage it. I was like... (laughs) David, do you remember? <laughs> we used to be at our desk at eight o'clock in the morning, at, you know, every morning at yeah. 2 We used to travel all that way into work and be at our desk at eight o'clock and then we used to leave at six and we used to travel all that way. What a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. Flexible working is, I mean, flexible working from, from two perspectives really, isn't it? It's working from home is flexible working, mm-hmm. but then also allowing people to work the hours that suit them. Yeah. I mean, some of our people, because they've got young children and they're single parents, right? Yeah. You know, they've got to be there to collect the children at three, four o'clock. But once children go to bed, they can work a little bit later. And if that's what suits them, then that's, that, then that's absolutely fine. We, we do not clock watch. We, we never have done that. Yeah. And for me, having uh, your children are a little bit older now, Sam, so, well, they're adults, they're not children anymore. But 
I still have um, children and I'm mm. not sure that they believe that I work because I can take them to school, I can pick them up from school and they are every parent in the evening. Yeah, actually they very much know that I work because um, they've got their future sights on him for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but especially parts, yeah. yeah. You know, just, um, you know, being being able to, as, a, as I'm sure a lot of our people um, appreciate, just... You know the whole the model is geared up for working parents. So hmm. yeah, I don't I couldn't do it. And if we had an office, we talked about that early. We did. Didn't we? we said we're never going to have one. Yeah, we said because when we started in four, we had Hells who was up in. She wasn't Liverpool. Liverpool. She, she was Chesterfield. Chesterfield at the time. Yeah. We had Doug in uh, Sheffield. Sheffield. We had um, Joanne who was our first employee. She was down in Croydon, and we knew that we wanted to hang on to all those brilliant people, but. We wouldn't be able to hang on to them if we had an office. Where would we put it, for Christ's sake? I'm in Hertfordshire, you're in London. It just wouldn't have worked. So, yeah. yeah, we made that decision really early on not to have to have the overhead of an office. It didn't make sense. Yeah, no. and it still doesn't make sense. Still- and we're uh, 105 people now, yeah. and it still doesn't make sense. Where on earth would we put it? Yeah. You know, it makes no sense at all. The Inform team has grown a lot over the years. But what were the challenges of working with such a small team to begin with? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Go on. Was it year two, year three? Can't quite remember now. 50% of our team were on maternity leave. leave. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a tough. We were only six people and three were on maternity leave. I mean, you didn't spend a lot of time on maternity leave, let's be honest. Uh, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a baby and a bumbo by my side. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that that was a challenging year, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a year where we just sort of kept the lid on rather than grew. You know, we just managed to hold on and yeah. hang on, I think, that year. I don't know what but, was in the water that year. No. <laughs> like, literally three babies in I know. two or three months. I know. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, I guess when we were at, at 2E2, I mean, there were probably, I don't know, 1,400, over a 1,000 no, it's about eighteen hundred, I think. In the 18, end. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of people at two e two, but we had always worked within the employee adoption practice, hadn't we? Although we had, you know, we had strong connections outside of our own team with marketing and the sales teams and stuff like that. We were pretty autonomous. There was, you know, no more than fifteen of us were there at peak. So yeah, I yeah. think it wasn't a huge difference. Um, I'm saying that, but actually, it was it, it was it, it was different. Some ways, yeah, very yeah. different in other ways. You know, yeah, um, we we were everything. We were CEO, COO, MD, you know, mm-hmm. finance person, HR, all of those things. Yeah, but it was a great learning experience. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. You know, neither of us had ever started a business prior to that. No, um, and probably we wouldn't have had two or two not in, gone into administration. Yeah. I think we probably would still be there if it was still going. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, what turned out, what we thought of as being the worst day of our life has probably turned out to be the best day of our life. Yeah, because I wouldn't trade this now for anything. No, I wouldn't. And I do say that to people now. You know, some when I hit when I see on LinkedIn that so and so has been made redundant or lost their job or whatever, mm-hmm. and time, I do say to them today, you're going to feel like this is the worst day of your life, but trust me, it will all come good and it yeah. happens for a reason. Yeah. I'm not a religious, spiritual person, but based on our experience, I do believe that mm. sometimes circumstances give you the kick up the butt that you need, Yeah, which was what we needed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
So what type of people or values were you looking for to join the Inform team? Okay, so I think there's always been such a thing as an informed team person. And I'm not sure we can really put a finger on it, can we? We just know. We just know, and it's really, really strange. You meet people very well qualified, come across brilliantly on paper, and we'll get off an interview. Not so much now, because we have Adrian to do that now, but we get off an interview, and we both always agree, no, not the right one. They're not an informed team person. And I don't know, have we ever really tried to determine what makes the informed team person, or is it just a, a feeling? I think that when we came up with our values, so we've got three values, I'm going to forget them now because I always do, but delivering with creativity and passion, working together and doing the right thing. Boom, boom. I mean, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, when, when we were asked to come up with, or when we decided that we wanted to come up with values, that's when we thought a lot about what it takes to be an informed person, you know, people without an ego, people who are happy to work together, people that... um you know, realise that the, I'm going to get this phrase wrong as, as well, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, people that, you know, really go the extra mile for our customers. I think that was when we defo- when we formed our values, that was when we really sat down and thought about what it was, what an informed team person was yeah. and what we look for. And it's attitude, isn't it? Attitude over skill, experience, yeah. And experience because people can learn, can't they? Yeah. I think one of the things that we've loved over the last few years is our apprenticeships. Yeah. You know, now we've now got some brilliant people as a result of our apprenticeships and we would never have met those people. No. And they come with different experiences. You know, typically they're much younger. Yeah. yeah, we would never have come across those people had we not gone down that route. So, you know, trying to trying to recruit people from different backgrounds, um, you know, trying to be really inclusive, I think, is yeah, is really important too. Yeah. And what was interesting recently is we interviewed somebody recently and um, there was two people in the run-in and they had been shortlisted by two yeah. other people. Yeah. And we said, don't tell us, don't tell us who your preferred person is. Yeah. Don't, don't let us know. We want to, you know, do it. We want to agree it on our own merit, on, on you know, independently. So we interviewed these two people um, and I phoned you straight after and I said, who do you think? And we said the same person. Um, and then we went back to yeah. the people that had done the first interviews and we said, we liked number whatever. Um, and they said, oh, brilliant. That's exactly the same rehearsal we were really hoping. So, yeah. you know, it, do- it does, it does, yeah. it's interesting, it's isn't it? It's thing and crossing mm-hmm. rather than just us two, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And again, that, that, that has to come from our culture. Yeah. You know, the culture that's being created. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, it's that intangible, what's an infer- informed team person. Yeah. That's interesting. What's it like making decisions that impact people? When it involves people, um, we, we're we really slow and deliberate about our decisions. We never make, you know, snap decisions. Depending on what the situation is, um, we really take our time to make decisions. What's great actually now is that we have a management team. We've grown to such size that, you know, we have people that we can pull on, we can bring in other opinions. It doesn't all just sit with Sam and I anymore, no, which is yeah. so refreshing because yeah. that is stressful. You know, we've had 10 years of being the sole decision makers and, and that is, you know, it does wear you, wear you out. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a wrinkle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. brilliant having our management team now um, because we can rely on them 
um, to input, to guide us, to give us advice. Mm. It's not all on us. Yeah. I was I was thinking about this earlier actually because uh, Ashton asked me a similar question a bit earlier and I, he he said to me I said to him um, many years ago and you will remember this person his name was Patrick mm-hmm. he was one of the investors yes. previously and he said to me never ever be afraid to hire people that know yes. more than you that are better than you yeah that have skills that you don't have and I genuinely think you and I have got the confidence. Yeah, to to live by that. Yeah, and that is absolutely critical if you want to grow a business that yeah. you do that because there's no way that between us we know it all. We just we just simply don't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's really, really key. Yeah. And again, it, you and I don't have egos, do we? And we do have some amazing people in our business. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we've got some super brains um, within Inform, and you know, they are a hundred percent cleverer than you or I could probably put together yeah but you know that doesn't matter to us it's you know yeah we have no ego about that whatsoever. yeah you know a company is a group of people isn't it of course it is and if you're going to have a group of people and you get to a point where you've got 105 of them mm-hmm. you know you've got you've got to have diff- people with different skill sets mm-hmm. you know different experiences different backgrounds different um you know Different ages, different everything. Yeah. Um, in order to be able to get that really rounded opinion, that that, and, and maybe even more creativity comes out of that as well. Yeah. You know, we've got some incredibly creative people, and I'm not talking about just design creative, creative thinkers in the business now as well. And I love it when we have a sort of a bit of an ideas session. You know, everyone gets together to come up with something new. It's fabulous to see it. I absolutely love it. And yeah. so my feelings are very, I get excited yeah. when we get new people on board because you never know, what they you know, bring. what they're going to bring and, and, and how that combination of the existing team, new people coming in on board, you never know quite what innovation you're going to get out of that. Yeah. I think one of the things we said right at the very beginning was we want to do interesting work, we want to do fulfilling work, you know, and we want to always be head of the curve we want to always innovate and you know be be because I think we pretty much did invent end user adoption or employee adoption back in the back in the day and we always want to be out there innovating and yeah you know doing things differently don't we yeah reminds me of that phrase I may well have made it up but um you know if it's the phrase is if you're the most intelligent person in the room you're doing something wrong yeah um don't know where that's from but springs to mind yeah thanks for joining us on this episode you can catch our other expert talks and useful change resources by visiting at the informteam.com slash podcast until next time